Into our number three, a tremendous Monday to you. I am Jim Rome. All right, as I mentioned, there's some managerial changes. The Cubs with a shocking hire, I think. Mets have a new manager. So we're talking baseball right in the middle of football, a little unusual. So we will double back to that. Welcome to our number three. I am Jim Rome. We are live. We are in Southern California. Your telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. Talked a lot of NFL. It was a wild weekend in the college ranks as well. We are joined right now by the head football coach at Oregon State. He is in his sixth season at his alma mater. He has guided the Beavers to consecutive bowl games. They won 10 games last year. Oregon State coming off a win over Colorado, 26-19. That moves them to 7-2 and overall. They're 4-2 and in conference play. They move up four spots to number 12 in this week's AP poll. They host Stanford on Saturday. We are joined by Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith. Jonathan, great to have you back. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Always good to catch up with you. You too. Great to catch up with you too, Coach. Let me ask you first about Colorado. You beat them. They they were game, right? They came back. They fought. You finished them off, though. What were your biggest takeaways from that win? And overall, how do you feel about the way your team is playing right now? You know, you always feel good. You get to find a way to win on the road. And these things are four-quarter games now. And we came out, played really well first three quarters, kind of handled things, and then give credit to Colorado. Those guys didn't back down a down the inch, played really well in the fourth quarter to make it a lot tighter. Um, but our guys did, found a way to finish, had the ball at the end to kind of run the clock out. And so felt good about that. And these, that's how these games are going to be, especially in November, especially in this conference currently. You got to be able to play for four quarters, find a way to get it done. And we did. Jonathan Smith joining us. I mentioned you're 7-2. and two. What is significant about that is you're 7-2 and two for the first time since 2012. And in an era of college football where virtually everybody is lighting up the scoreboard, your defense was once again dominant Saturday. You had three sacks. You had a pair of forced fumbles. You held Colorado to negative seven yards rushing. I know you'll preach the team concept, and you do have great balance, but how pleased are you with what you're getting from that side of the ball defensively? Yeah, defensively, that was a great performance because that's a good offense. In Colorado, they spread you out. Quarterback's a really good player. Um, I thought we tackled well in space, and you're going to need to do that against these offenses that we play. So on that defensive side, it starts up front affecting the passer. We got that done. We covered and tackled well, and we're going to need to keep doing it. Jonathan Smith is joining us. Speaking of passers, I think on the flip side of that, you know the quarterback position as well as anybody. You were a four-year starter, in fact, for the Beavers. Talk about DJ for a minute. What has he brought to your team and the program since transferring in from Clemson? Yeah, DJ's been, uh, he's done a ton. Uh, one, just culturally, he came over here as a great teammate. He's not trying to be the face of the program from day one. He just went to work, uh, learning a new scheme, um, and then leading this group. He's gotten us in the right place. He's being accurate with the ball. I think his decision making, I think he's sitting at like 18 to four touchdown to interception ratio, pushing the ball down the field. Cause we, uh, we feel like we got a good run game that we needed to be able to push the field ball down the field. And he's been able to do it. So we really like having him in the program. Uh, being our quarterback, and uh, obviously counting on him to play big time here this this next few games. You know what? Actually, I'm going to ask you about the run game in a minute, but you're right. That is the ratio. He does have 18 touchdowns. He's got four picks. I understand that his work there clearly is not done, but how do you think that he projects on the next level? NFL. 
Yeah, I think he projects really well. I mean, this guy just physically can make all the throws. He works really hard. He understands concepts, recognizes coverage, um, stands in the pocket. He's not shy to stand in there, keep his eyes down the field, work through a progression, all that, all those things he's going to be asked to do at the, the next level. So I think he's got a great shot to have a long career at that stage. Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith is our guest. I mentioned the running game. So as well as DJ is playing, you know, it's not at the expense of the running game. In fact, quite the contrary. You've got about five yards per pop on average behind Damian Martinez. What's it mean to the offense that Martinez has built on what he achieved last year when he was named the Pac-12's Offensive Freshman of the Year? Yeah, it's a it's a nice step. I mean, we do want to make things physical. It starts up front. I think we've got a good offensive line. Those guys... Uh, been been around. We've got some great experience. Uh, and then schematically, I, I'm a believer in making things physical, running the ball. And Damian, he's got some help. Deshaun Finwick and sharing that load of carries has allowed those guys to be healthy throughout this year. And we're going to need it coming, uh, coming these next few weeks. All right. So I think the key phrase there is the next few weeks. I mean, it starts with Stanford. That's your next game. And that's the important one. The next one is always the biggest one. But when we talk about the next few weeks, you've got Stanford. And I know you don't want them looking beyond Stanford, but beyond Stanford, you've got a couple of teams in the top six in Washington and Oregon. So what are you telling your guys about the opportunities and the challenges that await them in the next few weeks? Yeah, you you know the approach. We got to do it one one game at a time, and our complete focus is on that. We do talk about each time you're able to win late in the year, like like we did last week. It just adds momentum, makes games bigger. And yeah, we can only play one game at a time. We're looking forward to this one getting back at home at our place. We got back to back home games that we played really well at home. We're gonna have to continue to do it, but the complete focus is is one week at a time. Hey, Jonathan, this is part of the conversation where I ask you a question that you don't want me to ask you that I have to ask everybody. I did Lance Leipold, I did Mike Elko, and others who are in a similar situation. You've had success. I mean, you've done a heck of a job at Corvallis. I know you love it there. I know they love you there. But your name has been linked to some other high-profile coaching openings. What kind of conversations have you had internally with your players and staff when inevitably they see your name pop up on social media? Yeah, we haven't talked about me specifically as a team or anything. I did ask these guys to start the season to be locked in on the next four months. And a lot of that conversation was based off of, you know, the uncertainty of the conference realignment and what's happening and Pac-12, turn Pac-2, all of this. So the approach has been to lock in on these four months. We're getting toward the, our, our fourth month of it. Um, I do think it's a compliment to the program when you got success taking place that, you know, my name gets out there, but opportunities for other coaches on our staff. We got a big time staff and guys that are ready to be head coaches or ready to be coordinators. So we win as a team and some of the, a lot of the credit comes to everybody on the team. Now, let me ask you, I think that, you know, with you and the staff, obviously, you guys have a little more experience, a little more wisdom, you're a little bit older, so you understand how that goes. But we are talking about young athletes, right? It can't be easy, and especially with all that noise, the fact that you're playing as well as you are right now, they got that message. They clearly are very good at compartmentalizing. So when you ask them, just lock in for four months. You can't control certain things. Lock in for four months. Have they been locked in, or occasionally will somebody come to you and say, hey, coach, listen, this is really hard, all right? I don't know about the conference i don't know about you i don't know about me do i hit the portal i mean do they come to you and have those conversations yeah we've had a few of that no question i mean i think it's gone from when it this all went down in august it was on the forefront of their mind right a lot of questions a lot of uncertainty it was unsettling i think as we got into the season those it's moved to the back of their mind but it's still there so yeah we've had a few conversations you know and in some ways Every program across the country, when you get to the end of the 
end of the season, everyone's going to reevaluate now. Just like you mentioned, you got the portal. There's other opportunities out there, not just in regards to Oregon State. I think every every player playing college football has the opportunity to reevaluate come December and either stick or, or take a chance to leap. I appreciate that. So leave me with this thought. Like your players, collectively, everybody's going to have their why. They're going to play for a certain reason. What are these guys playing for specifically? Like, are they playing for each other? Are they playing for the program? Are they playing with a chip on their shoulder because you were the one program in Washington State that was kind of left behind and you're playing so well? Like, what is driving these guys right now collectively? I think it's for each other. I really do. I think our our culture around here, the relationships, these guys enjoy being around each other, working together, winning together, losing together. And so it's all been about each other throughout the year. We've tried to establish that culturally over the last few years and got it, I think, in a really good place. Again, this thing means a ton to them. Uh, We play pretty hard. We know when you... You've got it going like that. It's always because you're playing for each other. I think it's incredible the way you guys are playing, given everything that's going on. So leave me with this thought. If these guys like playing alongside each other as much as they do, how much do you like coaching a group like that? Oh, it's a blast. It really is because you're not really coaching effort. These guys buy in the work. They're studying. They're practicing well together, competing during the games. I enjoy it. we got an older team. We've got a lot of guys who have been around here for a while. I think we're going on 25 guys that already have graduated, that have been here for four or five years. So deep-rooted relationships makes it all, all that much better. Hey, Jonathan, really quickly, how much easier does that make your job if you do not have to coach effort? Oh, yeah, it's a it, it, it required, but my job is way easier. There's no question. If an effort is there, we can deal with uh, coaching some missed assignment there or lack of uh, execution. But if the effort's not there, that's a huge problem. We don't got that. I know you don't. I actually love this program. Oregon State beating Colorado 26-19. They are now 7-2. and They move up a couple of spots. They're number 12 overall. He is the head coach there. Jonathan, I appreciate you making time for this show once again. Great to have you on. Good luck this weekend. Okay, thanks, Jim. Appreciate you, Coach. Jonathan Smith. Uh, Again, when you look at Oregon State and all the uncertainty, the fact that they are locked, compartmentalized, and playing as well as they are week to week, I think it's such a tribute to him, his staff, the players, and the entire culture they built there. Great, great story. Jonathan Smith, and and by the way, hell of a coach. Really good coach. Tough on the radio, toll free, 1-800-636-8686. All right, so we've hit both of our interviews, both really good interviews. Jeffrey Chidiha, Jonathan Smith. We had the big head, James Kelly. My big takeaway from James Kelly, not that he took the Chargers and laid the points and the hook, something he normally does not do with them, but rather that he took Matt in L.A. and loves him. He owned it right off the top. He's like, yes, I do hate most things, but not that plumber. You're welcome. He goes, I actually, I said, do you like him? Do you hate him? Or do you love him? And James Kelly said, quote, I love him. I'm like, you love Matt in LA. Why? He's like, he just cracks me up, dude. He's funny. He loves the show. He loves his teams. Everybody's coming for him at all times. He's not afraid. He never backs down, and he always shows up. I like it. 1-800-636-8686. It is toll-free. Also, hit me up on the X at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. Let's go to the phones. Oceanside, Greg. What's going on, Greg? Good to have you. Hey, thanks for getting me on again, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, 
love the interview you just did with Coach Smith. I mean, although I am a Colorado, I'm a, I've never been a Colorado fan in my life before Prime went there, and I think he's going to kill that program. Um, all these coaches are going to be looking back at him in a year or two. But you asked a question about my Raiders, and um, you're right on all your points, Jim. Um, yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, how can McDaniels go in there and think he's going to change the culture of the Raiders? It's never going to happen. He never became – he never understood the culture of the Raiders. And you want to get rid of third and Renfro. you got your best receiver in the whole league that's pissed off at you. You know, you've got Mad Max, who's morphing into Ted Hendricks. Um, AP, I'm so happy with what's going on with AP. He is a Raider. I was born in Compton, too. I live in Oceanside. And it's all about feeling the Raiders. Um, And AP, I think, has the passion that Madden had back in the day. I'm old school. You know that. Um, So I'm just going to leave you with that, that I'm so stoked. I'm so freaking happy and i think all the nation is and if they're listening reach out to jim don't be a bunch of p whatevers and reach out and let's talk about this i'm stoked jim thanks for the vine i'm out sir greg and oceanside i thought that halfway through that call he started to morph into al davis with his raiders raiders it's all about the raiders it's all about the culture it's all about the nation it's all about AP, it's all about Compton. It's all about the Raiders. We'll be back. We'll be back with the Raiders. I I did ask for it. I can't say that I did not ask for it. I said Raider Nation. How does it feel? Raider Nation, what's up? What a difference a week makes. Like, the Raider Nation, I'll tell you how much of a difference a week makes. Last week, they had no problem whatsoever formulating their thoughts and expressing themselves. It was all negative and vitriolic and with a lot of venom. This week, they're so beside themselves with glee and giddiness, they can't even express a thought. My man Greg Oceanside is like, I'm an old school, long time Raider fan. I'm from Compton. Raiders will be back. I wouldn't say they're back. I'm just saying it's one of the most amazing transformations I have ever seen in season. I knew it was bad. Clearly it was bad. You could see it in the way they were carrying themselves. You could see it in the way they were playing. They clearly were underachieving. They had a crappy year last year. Mark Davis figured, I gave the guy a six-year contract. I'm not going to whack him after one year. He deserves a chance to get this thing right. And then they go into their second year, and clearly it's no better. In fact, it's probably worse. They gave up on Derek Carr. They let Ziegler and Josh McDaniels get the guy they wanted. And Jimmy G, well, they wanted Tom Brady. They end up with Jimmy G. He's not the answer. It was worse than better. And Mark Davis finally says, man, I got to fix this. In the middle of the night, I got to fix this right now. A Halloween massacre. My point is, I'm not saying the Raiders are back. I'm saying it's the most amazing transformation I've ever seen. I don't care that they beat the Giants. I don't care how crappy the Giants are. I'm just talking about a vibe and a culture and how that firing changed everything. These guys are smoking cigars after a win over the Giants. Look at that locker room. They're playing mini basketball. They're firing up their stogies, or as Matt pointed out, their blunts. 
They're smiling. They're bro-hugging. They're happy to go to work. Music is bumping. The bowl-cutted pumpkin head has got a gigantic jack-o'-lantern smile from ear to ear. People are thanking him. Raider fans are thanking him. They're chanting at him instead of rushing up and getting in his face and F-bombing him. It's incredible. You know, we'll see what happens this week. But I'm just saying, as a moment in time, and I've done this a long time, it's one of the single greatest transformations I have ever seen. And Antonio Pierce, I'm not saying that he's built to be the head coach, maybe ultimately at some point, but maybe here. For this guy to step right in and get that kind of respect and that kind of buy-in with that energy from that locker room is amazing. I can't get enough of it. And and right behind that, so I'm going to say that's number one. Josh Dobbs is like 1A. And then right behind that is Jim Ursay getting down the way he did. Suit and tie, (laughs) locker room after a win over the Panthers. Man, the NFL was fun this weekend. A lot of fun. All right, Raider Nation, I'm asking again for you to call. What's it feel like? How much better do you feel right now? How big of a difference does one week make? I want to talk some college ball, too. Oh, well, looky here. Lincoln Riley finally got around to firing his D coordinator, Alex Grinch. No way! Hey, Link, you don't want to rush into anything, do you? Let's not be so hasty, Link. Finally fired his D coordinator after they lost three of their last four and pretty much aren't playing for anything. Hey, my man, I know you're in L.A. and this isn't Oklahoma, but dude, let's not be so knee-jerk in your reaction. Let's not be so rash, man. I know it's a cutthroat business. I know this is a production-oriented business, but are you sure you want to break that guy off already? Yeah, too little too late. We'll get into that when we come back. Trojan fan, I want to hear from you too. I'm shouting out to Raider Nation. I'm shouting out to Trojan fan. Hey, Bill's Mafia, awfully quiet today. Mafia, where are you? And you know what? I got to admit, yes, I was riding with the Dolphins, and yes, they've let me down. They're not elite. They're 0-3 against teams with winning records. Is there any reason to believe that's going to change come playoff time? Pretty hard to make that argument. All of that's still ahead. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Jim. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. CarClickRanger.com or stop on by. And again, I could just keep going on. I won't, but I could keep going on. This Raider thing, the way it flipped, and the way it flipped overnight is incredible to me. And I can't wait to see them going forward. But I'm looking for Raider Nation. It's been a tough couple of years. I'm curious what it feels like. What was it like for you to watch that? What was it like for you to see that Raider vibe come back? What was it like for you to see all that swag? All that swag after the game. So I asked the question, and the nation is coming through. Let's go to Danville. Carlos. Good to have you, Carlos. What's going on? What's up, Romy? What's up, dude? Hey, man. 
so excited about the Raiders, man. Antonio Pierce got these guys playing lights out. What a turnaround, like you were just saying. I'm so proud. My brother and myself were watching the game yesterday saying it's the start of a new season for us as Raider fans, which you know it's tough, man. It's the toughest. Uh, it, we're tough, to, you know, being a fan of the Raiders because you know how we've been waiting and waiting and waiting patiently for this team to do something and turn it around. And i just like to say that Mark Davis is just like his father, Al Davis, because he fired and kicked your buddy out. I know he's your friend, but he did the right thing for Raider Nation and for all of us Raider fans across the world. And it's just a great thing to see. And I'm so happy, man, uh, hearing everybody talk nothing but great things about Antonio Pierce. This guy's amazing. He's a leader of men. And... You know, he's going to turn it around. I hope Al, uh, Mark Davis gives him a chance and an opportunity to, le- to lead this team. Uh, at least give him a year. Uh, the rest of this year and the next year is all I'm asking. I hope Mark Davis listens to your show, and he better be listening because Raiders are back, baby. All right, Carlos, I appreciate you. Let me react to that. You said, I hope that Mark Davis listens to this show and is hearing what you're saying. Mark Davis, about a week ago wasn't listening or hearing Raider fan who was one inch from his face and F-bombing him. So no offense, my guy. I don't know that what you're saying or what anybody says or what I see on this show is going to move Mark Davis to do anything when there were people one inch from his grill F-bombing him. And his response was, smarten up. Smarten up. Listen, here's what I would say, Raider Nation. Do not get ahead of yourself. Do not get ahead of yourself. Let's not be talking about the season has been salvaged. Let's not talk about this is the dawning of a new era. Let's not be talking about how already Antonio Pierce has guaranteed or should have guaranteed himself an an extra year next year. Remember what happened last time this went down? When John Gruden got broken off and Rich Passaccia came in midseason and they responded really well to him. In fact, they made the playoffs under him. And the players were openly lobbying for him. We love him. Mark, keep him. Keep Rich. We want him. And then Mark Davis went with his gut and thought, nah, I could do better. I could do better. I could do splashier. I could get something splashier, something shinier. I could get Josh McDaniels. And that blew up in his face. So I wonder about his mindset. I wonder what he's going to think. What happens... If Antonio Pierce continues to motivate this team, what happens if they continue to play well? What happens if the NCAA or the Big Ten come from Jim Harbaugh? Harbaugh is the shinier thing, right? Harbaugh is the splashier thing. Although I'd argue he's not, but Mark Davis might think so. Harbaugh played in the NFL, coached in the NFL, won in the NFL as a head coach, has won in the college ranks as a coach, although he cheats, allegedly. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get up inside that ginger's head, crawl around and try to figure out what the hell he's thinking. I don't know. I just know that was a brass move, firing Josh in the middle of the night. And so far, it's paying dividends. I'm just saying this. It's not the dawning of a new era. They're not going to suddenly go on this run and make the playoffs and you want to go by Antonio Pierce's office and drop a five-year contract on his desk. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying what I've seen this week is incredible. 
think about where you were just a week back. Raider Nation, man. Got to be fun. In terms of you hope that Mark Davis is listening, somehow I don't think that Mark has Josh's jungle insider login information. Somehow I bet my guy Josh probably isn't listening right about now. 1-800-636-8686. You know what? It's fun to be talking about the Raiders. That's why there's I like it. When the Raiders are relevant, the NFL is better. When the Raiders are relevant, the world is better. Let's go to Stockton. Ron in Stockton. Great to have you, Ron. How are you? Romy. Good to Ron. be here. Good What's up, dude? Hey, uh, what a difference four days makes. A uh, difference in uh, just the, the man. Uh, Antonio Pierce is a leader. Uh, McDaniels, I think his big problem was his stupid visor. Uh, uh, was a, he just wasn't a man, you know, a, a coach for us. And I, I, I say you're wrong, Groby. The nation is back. Remember that. So uh, I got I got a lot to say, but I, uh, it's not a very good call. But uh, thank you for everything. You got it, bro. Did you just say I have a lot to say, but it's not a very good call? Did you just say, Rome, you're wrong? I've got a lot to say, but that's not a very good call? Raider Nation, y'all must be so giddy you got nothing to say. Raider Nation is having a really difficult time expressing themselves. And, and I don't want to group all of the nation under one broad stroke. But it seems like you're best at expressing yourself when you're F-bombing the owner to his face. But now that things are good again, it's like, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, don't, I, I think you're wrong, Rome, but I don't even know what to say. I've got a lot to say, except I don't even know what to say. But, but it's, it's also overwhelming and also positive. I don't know what to say. I'm just happy. I'm just much better and much more used to expressing myself when I'm really pissed. I think that's what you're telling me. I'm much better at expressing myself when I'm pissed because I'm used to being pissed because there hasn't been a whole lot to be happy about lately. And now that something really cool happened, I don't even know how to express myself. Well, let's start here. Are you happy? Yes, Rome. I'm really happy. What are you happy about? Uh, Josh McDaniel's visor sucks? I don't know. That's fine. I'll take it. It's good to have Raider Nation in here. And Raider Nation is happy. It's been a long time. Just one game. But what a transformation. Antonio Pierce is just saying all the right things. And he's not... Here's what's really important to me. He's not saying what you want to hear. He's not telling everybody what he thinks they want to hear. He's just being real. Like he said, man, I understand the Raider culture. Quote, I'm straight out of Compton. I'm from Compton. I grew up a Raider fan. It was always about the Raiders. I understand the nation. I understand the culture. I understand what's going on in this locker room. I think Josh, and I love Josh, Josh didn't understand that. He didn't get it. And he didn't get, I don't know whether he didn't get that he didn't get it, but he didn't get it. He didn't get them. He tried to impose his culture on them. It didn't work. Antonio Pierce 
looks like he could still play and basically sounds like he could still play. Like, I'm one of you. Let's get back to doing what the nation knows we can do. Let's get back to being the Raiders. Not Patriots West. Raider fan. Like, I, you know, I use the phrase quite a bit, but if not now, then when? What are you waiting on, Raider fan? I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe this is the dawning of a new era. Maybe. But today is your day. You should be up in here celebrating a victory Monday. Because a few days ago, man, everything looked like it was going straight to hell. Chicago beat you with a Division II quarterback that nobody had ever heard of. You had hit rock bottom. Devontae was furious. Jimmy G got busted up. Josh Jacobs, who I love, who is the Russian champion, couldn't get loose. Nothing was going your way. Raider fan, what are you waiting for? Do I got to bang on the desk to get you to call? I'm even saying you can call and say nothing like most of you have so far. I'm even all right with that today because I know you're not used to this feeling. Call and say nothing and just tell me how great everything is and that I'm wrong. Even that works. Raider Nation, talk about the Raiders. I'm trying to find some Antonio Pierce sound. I keep saying that I love what I'm hearing from this guy. I want to play some of it, if I can find some of it, if you haven't heard him yet. He just is saying the right things. He's got the right tone. He's hitting all the right notes. And you can tell already he's got a complete buy-in from that locker room. It resonates. They were firing up cigars after beating the Giants, who are one of the worst teams in the league. All right, when we come back, we are wide open, except for the ATP. Monday is always an ATP day. So if you got something you want to ask me, go ahead and do it. Here is a sports update for you. It's hosted by Rich Ackerman. Let me address the ultimate Michigan man. He's back. This guy's the face of all Michigan men. This guy speaks for all Michigan men. This is how bad of a rap you're getting, Michigan man. So remember at Ray Jaworski, 1291, 12 days ago when the speculation started that Michigan cheats. He sent me this, quote, Quit being a dumbass and get off Michigan. Everybody does it. That was the first salvo. That started the whole thing. A back and forth. Michigan man, that, that started the snowball of Michigan man making horrible excuses and making it worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. When I thought that Michigan man actually was one of the more intelligent fans anywhere, they kept proving otherwise. The, the same dude just sent me this. Look at this. And it's all in bold. It's all in bold. Quote, there are a lot of people that are going to drop your ass like a bad habit if you keep crushing Michigan. Enough said already. This is not deserved nauseum. We got caught as all. Find them a couple mil. The relevant schools do it. Jaworski, you're making no sense whatsoever. First of all, what, did, what was that in response to? What did I do, dude? Oh, oh, and by the way, your boy Stallions, Jaworski, fired. Fired. Urgh! Resigned in a Friday news dump. I didn't even mention it. If you don't come up in here like that, Jaworski, threatening me with everybody's going to dump my ass, I wouldn't have even mentioned it. What just triggered you, Jaworski? 
the fact that I said that Michigan cheats, uh, allegedly, and that Mark Davis may have an interest in Jim Harbaugh, dude, what are you so uptight about? What are you so upset about? That maybe you might lose your cheating coach, uh, allegedly? What, dude, what are you doing yelling at me in all bold? It wasn't even a topic. I didn't even say anything. I'm talking about the Raiders. If I wanted to talk about you, Jaworski, you know I could have talked about you. Stallions was fired, Urgh! resigned, but didn't do anything. And now he's changed his tune to, all right, all right, whatever, Rome, get off us, or, or what? You're going to boycott me? You're going to stop listening because of something your coach did? Dude, stop taking me off the path. I'm talking about the Raiders. I'm not talking about you, Jaworski. I'm not talking about you, Michigan men. I'm not talking about the Wolverines. They were not even a topic. They weren't even on my radar. I'm not talking about your guy who cheated, who got fired. Wow, dude. Why are you making something out of nothing? How angry are you, dude? See what I mean? Hate is the new dopamine. I I said almost nothing. Out of the side of my mouth, I was speculating on... Because Raider fans been saying, Antonio Pierce, Antonio Pierce, he's the man. I said, keep this in mind. This happened a few years back where the Raiders made a change and they got rid of John Gruden. They had an interim coach, Rich Passaccia, who did a great job. The players lobbied for him. Mark Davis decided, nope, I want something that's splashier. I'm going to go get Josh. I said, well, what if he does it again? What if Antonio Pierce is amazing, but Mark Davis decides, I want something splashier. I think I'll go get that cheater, Jim Harbaugh. And then, bam, Jaworski's like, oh, he's on us again. You should be like that guy from the Penske organization and get thousands of signatures to boycott me. One problem, dude. The NCAA was on your campus. Every other program in your conference is pressuring the conference to do something. Like, it's a real thing, man. I didn't make this up. Man, I've never seen anybody get so... From zero to Jaworski in one second. Take it easy, bro. I'm not even talking about you. Well, I am now, but you brought it up, not me. Dude, don't act like I have some crazy agenda and I'm going in on you. Like, I couldn't wait for Monday morning at 9.01 so I could go in on Michigan Man again. You wouldn't have even come up on this show if you didn't jump in there. Come on, man. This guy nails it. Eric on the South Side. Jim, Michigan Man is off topic, out of market. Exactly. Hey, Jaworski, I know you want me to make you a topic. And your program a topic, but you're not. Not today. You have been. You will be again. But not today. Not today. Stop making it about you, dude. Stop making it about your pro your program and what you did or didn't do. We're not talking about you. Not today. We're not talking about you today. Come on, man. Stop. I'm trying to talk about the Raiders here. Let's go to Washington. Brody. Hey, Brody, sorry about that. I meant to get to you right away. I just got taken off path. What's up, Brody? How are you? Are you there? Can you hear me, Jim? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. It's a privilege and an emotional experience, so bear with me. I have been mute to talk about my Raiders for the last 20, 30 years. I'm 53 years old. 
But what you said is, Raider fan, where are you? You're not saying nothing. Call and say something. I got to say something. Jaworski's ass needs to be reminded that we whooped his ass way back in the day. I think it was 1981 when I was a kid. That was when every year with the Ra- the, to go to the Super Bowl, you ran through Oakland. Okay? Um, I lost my father, Raider Dave, during COVID recently. My mother, uh, she had, uh, what would you call it, uh, uh, aneurysm from COVID. So I've lost her in the last two years. I got no one but me and my Raiders, and sometimes the Raiders are all that's kept me going, Jim. It's that dark sometimes. But I'll tell you what, what I've seen out of Antonio and the Raiders was something I've only been dreaming about the last decade, you know? We talk about this Patriot way here. What the hell was that? Eh. Patriot way. I mean, did anybody forget about the tuck rule? I'm pretty. Whoa, Albie, what? You don't like that call. Oh, I, like that oh, I didn't hear the four-letter bomb. Not a very good call. I was caught up in the emotion of the call. I'm like, Albie, why are you running that guy? He's really emotional. He lost both his parents, I think he said, to COVID. But there's a four-letter bomb in there. But Brody, one thing, one point of clarification. When you were talking about Jaworski and about how you beat his ass back in 81, it's not the actual Jaworski. It's not Ron Jaworski. It's just some Jaworski character on the X. We're not talking about Ron Jaworski. Ron Jaworski's a class dude. We're not talking about him. Raider fan's emotional. That guy just said, you know what? I really don't have much of my life other than the Raiders. And because the Raiders have not been good, it's been hard. But now... Now, things are looking up. You know, it's really interesting. Matt was the first one to say it, and Brody just echoed it. And it is very interesting. I got to admit, I'm not saying that I didn't make the connection, but I kind of overlooked it, I think. I kind of overlooked the hatred of the Patriots and the tuck rule because I know Josh, and I'm kind of friendly with Josh. This is why I'm so careful not to get too close to the people I talk about because I want to be objective. I got to admit, I I like Josh McDaniels. We go back. He has jungle ties. He's admitted he was a clone. He and Nick Casario would be like in their cubicles working long hours and listening to the show. They were committed to the show. They were silent clones. And I think that the Raider fan base, the nation, hates the Patriots so much that I underestimated how much they would hate that hire because I thought that Josh would do a great job. I thought that he would win and make them maybe not forget that that happened, but get beyond it. But they never did forgive the Patriots or the refs or what happened. And then when Josh didn't get it turned around, they were coming for him without question. It's an emotional Raider fan right there. Let me replay Brody real quick. Did anybody forget about the tuck rule? On principle alone, please get that shit out of here. Excuse my language. Okay, my I didn't hear that. I, I honestly, I was, I was caught up. I was just thinking about. He said I lost my dad and my mom, and I'm like Alvin, what are you doing? And Alvin just goes, What am I doing? Here's what I'm doing. My bad. Raider fans worked up. Hey, Raider fan. You can call tomorrow. i got time for it. I'm here for it. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. 
My thanks to Oregon State head football coach Jonathan Smith, Jeffrey Chediha, the big head, James Kelly, and Raider fan. I want to thank Raider fan. I want to thank Raider Nation for today. See you all tomorrow. We're out.